2 Corinthians chapter 6. We were talking about um, separation last month, or last month, <laughs> wow, last week. But, um, and I'm going to continue that because um, there's three types, from what I've studied, there's three types of, of separation. And we talked, about, we talked about moral separation last week. And this week, this morning, just like to talk about, don't know if we'll get to the last one or not, but the second one is, is doctrinal separation. And I'd like to kind of discuss that this morning a little bit. But before we do that, I'm going to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, um, verse 17. It says, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And like I said, we were talking about being separate, about separation. And, you know, separation is important, okay? When God... When, when the Lord saved me, when he saved each one of us, he called us out from the, from the darkness that we were living in. Okay? He called us out, and he expects us to, to live that way. Now, we're not perfect. We all know that. and uh, I can certainly tell you right now, I'm not. None of us are. But the intent, his intent, okay, not mine, his intent for me and for us as believers is to live a separated life, to live a life in the light for him, according to his word. So this doctrinal separation, you know, all three, you know, the one we talked about last week, as I said, was moral separation. Um, and there's three of them. But all three are important but and essential. Okay, I mean, separation is essential for us to live. To, I mean, in order to live now, we can live, okay, but in order to live the life that the Lord wants us to live, to bear the fruit he wants us to live, for him to give us, the, the, the joy and, and, and the, I'm going to say, the, the, the fullness that he wants to give to us, it's really up to us, okay? I mean, it's really up to us in how we decide whether we, how much we want to live for him. So, um, but this one, the, the life and the service that God wants us to live, okay? But this one, this one here, this doctrinal separation, in my opinion, I think it's the most important, okay? That's just my, that's just my personal opinion, and um, because to me, this one has to be applied first in order for us to even start living and serving God. And you say, well, why is that? Well, because if we don't know what God's word says to begin with, then how are we going to live for him? How are we going to serve him? How are we going to do what he wants us to do if we're not familiar and we don't understand what God's word says? So I think, you know, sometimes we look at this word doctrine, and I know that... that uh, Pastor Tom, Pastor Josh, Pastor Greg as well, they, they all have, have, have preached, taught, whatever, on doctrine. But I think sometimes we look at this word doctrine sometimes and we don't really grasp what this word means, okay? And, and doctrine simply means one word, teaching. That's what it means. That's what doctrine means, teaching. And, but for us as believers from a biblical standpoint, biblical usage and for us as believers to understand, doctrine refers specifically, and, and listen to what this says here. I mean, not because I wrote it, but because it's, it, it's, it, I read it and studied it, and it's good. Um, refers to sound teaching based upon the Word of God. Okay? I mean, it, I mean there's a lot of, of so-called teaching that I don't consider to be doctrine. Okay? But what I'm, what I'm trying to get across is doctrine biblically is sound teaching from the Word of God. And let me add to that the King James Version Word of God, 
okay, because that's very important. It's very important. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just very important. And because there's enough confusion in the world today, we, we don't have to look far to be, if you want to be confused, just, just open up your mind. And it's not a good thing, but if you do, open it up and just sit and listen to all the stuff going on around you. There's enough confusion. We don't need any more. And we need to know we need the source, okay? I mean, we need the source. So, and just to kind of a little comment, I, I forgot to jot down the two Greek words, but there's two Greek words that mean um, doctrine and they mean teach, okay? Two Greek words, and I forgot to jot them down. But those two words in the New Testament are translated... 140 times. That means they appear 140 times in the New Testament. To me, that means the reason that is is because it's important. Doctrine is important. Teaching is important. Proper, biblical-based, true, Bible-based teaching is very important. I mean, it's critical. Okay. I mean, I may be repeating myself, but I can't. I don't think I can say it enough. It's it's important. We have nothing. You don't have the truth, and that's right. So. Um, doctrine, sound biblical teaching based on the word of God, as I said, it's important. And, you know, just to kind of as a, as, a, as a reference, there's a couple places in the Bible where, where doctrine, the word doctrine is actually, is actually mentioned. And, and it's probably mentioned in more than just a few, but, I, but I've got just a few spots here. But turn back if you want to. I'm going to read back in Deuteronomy, all the way back in Deuteronomy, chapter 32. And I want you to listen to what God tells us here. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 1. And, and the reason I'm talking about this is we've got to know where the truth is. In order to live right, in order to, to say that, we're gonna, that I'm going to separate from, from the false things, I first have to know what the truth is. Okay, I mean, there has to be a benchmark. So in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 1 says... Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine, and this is God Almighty speaking here, my doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb and as the showers upon the grass, because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. Listen to what it says in verse 4. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. If we're going to live right, we have to be willing to get in God's word, the word, and allow it to move upon us and help us to live for him. That's the only way. Now, maybe you all can have a better way, but I can tell you right now, I can't do it any other way. And I really don't think any of us can. But, you know, you think how he, how he uh, correlated this to the rain and the dew. And you think for us as, as we live in this world, I mean, this, this world is a, I mean, I, it, it's beautiful. God's handiwork is beautiful, okay? The world that he's given us to live in, when we look around, the beauty and things like that. But, but man, mankind in this world that we live in is dry, <laughs> dried up, cold, harsh. I mean, you know, and I just think when we think about God's word, I mean, it's, it's a refreshment to us. I mean, it truly is. It's a refreshment to us. And um, if you go to Proverbs chapter 4, it tells us again about his doctrine. And, you know, again, you say, maybe you're saying, well, how come you're reading these? Because, again, without doctrine, we, we, without 
God's word, we have no basis. We have no baseline. And Proverbs 4, verse 1 and 2 says this, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. I mean, he's, God is telling us, look, I'm, I, in these verses back over in, in 2 Corinthians that we're going to get to, he's talking about, be ye separate, come unto me, and I will be a father unto you. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about he wants us to be children, to be obedient to him. Once, after we've been born again and saved, he wants us to be obedient to him as, we're, as our parents want us to be obedient to them as children. Okay, and I want my kids to be obedient. I hope that makes sense. But that's why he's saying, look, I'm giving you good doctrine. I'm giving you the truth. I'm giving you my word. And that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to live for me. That's how, that's how I can, and in return, I can then bless you even more than what you've already been blessed. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm not, I'm not teaching, <laughs> what's the word? I'm not teaching good Good things happen to, to us as believers. What I'm teaching is God has a lot to give to us spiritually, okay? I'm talking spiritually, and we can't get that unless we're willing to, to yield and to, and to study in his word and, and know what the truth is. I hope that makes sense this morning, so. But it is, it is. And the reason I'm reading these is when we think about when he tells us to be separate, Okay, and the reason I'm, I'm reading these is because there's so much false teaching today. There's always been false teaching. Okay, when you, I mean, you go back and, and Paul tells us, and, and the other apostles as well, told, they speak to us about the ones that were, they were given false teaching back then. But if anything, it hasn't gotten any better, it's gotten worse. I mean, there's plenty of false teaching. And that's what he's telling us here. That's what I'm trying to get across is without us knowing what the real truth is, how are you going to identify if something's false? You can't, you can't do it, okay? There, you've got to know what the baseline is. You've got to know what the true measure is. And that's, that's important because there's a lot of stuff that's being pushed these days just because people stand and smile and, and whatever it is, you know, however you want to look at it or, or they seem friendly and everything. I mean, I, I don't mean to be a, a downer, but we've got to be real, okay? We've got to be, and, and we have to understand Okay, we, don't, we don't have to shun people. I'm probably repeating myself from last week, but it's important that we understand if people are not speaking the truth, we're not supposed to associate with them, and we certainly don't want to take any kind of teaching that they're professing and try to live by it. Okay? But we have to first know for ourselves what's the truth. We have to know that. And nobody else can, can, nobody else can learn what the truth is other than myself. We have to do this individually. Just like one day I had to come to him individually, confess I was a sinner for him to save me. Okay, I, I've got to come to him going forward and, if, and to live for him. I've got to, this is something we have to do individually, personally. So that was, that was Old Testament examples. And then we hear from the, 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 the true source of truth, okay, in Matthew chapter 7. Let me, let me just read this. In Matthew chapter 7, and you know, Matthew chapter 7, it kind of wraps up um, the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus was teaching. I mean, I believe it was chapters in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 is, is the Sermon on the Mount, and Tom can correct me if I'm wrong. But when you get to chapter 7, verse 28 and 29, listen, he, he's given all this teaching, all these, all these words he's taught to these, to these people. 
And look at what the verses say in verse 28 and 29. And it says, And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He taught them as having authority because he is the authority. I mean, he is the authority. And we have to understand that. I mean, I think, and again, it's, I don't think, I know. I mean, the enemy is just caused, to me, it's just it's running wild. And folks are in the state that they're in this, in the times that we live in, is because his method is to cause confusion. He, I mean, he is the, he is the master of confusion. And, and just because we're saved, don't think that we cannot be very easily drawn in to that confusion, okay? We've got to be grounded in his word. I mean, we've got to be grounded in his word. We've got to know what God's word says so that we can identify these things that, again, that are false. Um, so, let's see, over, and then over in John chapter 7, verse 16, one more verse, maybe two. Um, Jesus answered the, he, they, they were, they were so, they were giving him critical review, I'll put it that way. And this is what he says, Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. I mean, the teaching that I want to live my life by is the teaching that God Almighty has given to us in his word. I mean, that's what I want to live by. And I think that's what we all want to live by. And I think it's, it's a wonderful thing that he has given it to us for us to live by. All we've got to do is avail ourselves of it. So, and, and of course, the last one, which we've heard this, this verse is familiar. I could almost memorize or almost recite it, but I'm not going to. I'm going to flip back to it. And that's in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And, and this is, the, this is the, the verse that, to me, these other ones I've read to you, if that's not enough, right here it is in verse 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. What's that mean? I mean, I th- like I said, I think sometimes we look at that word doctrine maybe and, we, and we, we think it's more convoluted to understand. It means it's profitable for us to learn by. That's what, it, that's what the, the verse is telling us there. It's profitable for us to be taught by. And it's all coming from Almighty God. It's all breathed by Him. It was all given by Him. So there is no better authority um, than, than Him. That's it. So... What's it mean? What, what's the things that truly build sound doctrine? I mean, to me, there's, I'll just say three things, okay? And, and Pastor Tom can chime in here. He may agree or disagree. He can correct me if I'm wrong. But I, but I think about three things that right off the bat, when we hear folks profess, teach, talk, whatever, if there's three things that don't, they don't sync up with, we should immediately know that what they're talking, what they're sharing is not true. Number one, the King James Version Bible was the Word of God, okay? And, and, and the Word of God is from Almighty God. There's only one, well, there's only one Bible, one Almighty God. That's, that's it, number one. Number two, the deity of Christ. I mean, God's only Son. He's the only way to heaven. That's it. If, other, if, if there's things that are being taught, said, shared, that don't sync up with that, turn away. Get away from it. Okay, because there's no truth in it. And the other thing is Christ died for the sins of the world, the entire world. He was buried and he was, and he was raised on the third day for our justification. And not only that, but he's on the throne this morning making intercession for all of us that have asked Jesus to, say, to, 
save us and become our personal Savior. Those three things right there, if those three things don't exist, when folks are, I don't care whether they're so-called preaching, teaching, sharing, professing, whatever, if those, if, they're not in, if those things don't exist on their side, they're not true. It's that simple. I mean, and that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. So the entire Bible is the word of God given to us. The entire Bible contains the teaching that we need to live for God. And here's the cat. Here's something that, that again, folks just come up with, I'm not even going there. There are no non-essential parts of the Bible, okay? There are no non-essential parts of the Bible. From, the, from Genesis 1 to Revelation, and I'm not sure what the last verse is in Revelation, but 22, 21, it's all essential, okay? The entire Bible is essential to the believer, okay, now, but here's the catch, who desires to live a life that's pleasing and useful to God. You can get by... Okay, but I'm, I don't even want to, you know, but you don't want to do that because you're not going to be very pleasurable to be around. Okay, because God is going to convict you and He's going to He's going to He's going to wallow you because we want to be in His will. We want to, and, and you know, and, and the thing is, I've been there. Okay, I mean, you know, as I go through, as I've come through my Christian life, I mean, I can tell you, we've all been at different places. You know, and, and I can look back and I can see places where, whether it was out of my I don't know, I, don't, I hate to say, uh, probably, well, I'll just say it, probably non-obedience, and some, maybe some, maybe just not getting what the Lord was trying to, to get to teach me at the time. I was not doing, I was not in sync with him, okay? I was not in his will, is what I'm trying to say. But I can tell you that if we'll yield ourselves, that he will bless us beyond all measure. I mean, I can tell you that. Whether you, and I don't deserve a bit of it, but I can tell you for sure that if we'll just yield ourselves to him, that he will bless us beyond all measure. Through, through his, his riches, spiritual riches I'm talking about, things that, things that and, until you yield to him, you have no idea what it's like to, to serve him. I mean, it's just, it's just it's a totally, it's different. It's totally different. And that's what he desires for us. So the church... You know, when I think about doctrinal separation, the church, the body of born-again believers who have accepted Christ personally as their Savior, we have a great responsibility, okay? I mean, you, know, and you may say, maybe sitting there thinking, well, you know, wait a minute now, you're, you're getting, you're encringing on my, on my space. Well, maybe so, but we have a great responsibility, individually and corporately as a group, and that's to make sure that the right doctrine is passed, that it's taught, that it's preached, that it's shared, and that it's, I mean, it's our responsibility. Because if we don't do it, who else is going to do it? There you go. (laughs) So I'll take that as an amen. But seriously, I mean, who else is going to do it? I mean, if we're, he saved us for a purpose. We're to, we're to, it's our responsibility. So, um, and we've got to avoid the false doctrine. So we've got to put God's word in us, we've got to live it, apply it, and we've got to share it, okay? So what do we need to separate from doctrinally? I already mentioned some, but any doctrine that's clearly taught in the Bible is a basis for separation. I mean, anything that's taught in the Bible that somebody is, is saying, taking issue with or against, that's a, that's, a, that's a means to separate, 
I mean, that's a means to separate. Now, I don't mean that we, we don't lash out. I'm not saying we lash out at them, but I'm saying we do not associate. You don't want to, we don't want to be drawn into that, and I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, if it's not, if you can't find it in the Word of God, then we better stay away from it, and we better stay away from the people that are, that are pushing the idea because it's not God's idea. It's man's idea. Seeing a lot of that. Yep, seeing a lot of that. And not just in the church. I mean, but that's why I'm trying to stress this morning that we have to know that what truth is. Because if you don't know what truth is, then you're going to be, you're going to be confused. Okay? That's right. That's it. We're not God. I don't care what folks teach and talk about and profess, especially, well, anyway, that's not in my notes. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. But y'all know where I'm going. <laughs> we are not God. I can tell you that right now. And we need, the, the sooner that we realize that he is high and lifted up, the better off we'll be. I can tell you that. I know for me. So, so we're to separate from those who are engaging, okay, in, in the false teaching. But here's the other thing. We're also to separate from those that are engaging in, I'm going to use this term, last days false Christianity. And you say, what do you, what do you mean by that? Basically what Pastor Tom just mentioned is folks that think that they're, hey, I go to church, I am do this, I do that, but their lifestyle, I'm sorry, does not measure up to what God's word says. Okay, that's, we're not supposed to associate with those folks. We pray for them, share the gospel with them, try to talk with them, okay, but... We're not to dive in with them and associate with them, okay? We're to witness to them. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, I mean, we've heard these verses preached, okay? But I'm going to read them again because I want us to understand, you know, Paul wrote these things for a reason. These things were going on back in his day. He was warning Timothy about them, and he's warning us. I mean, it's, things have only gotten worse, okay? And... Um, and it says right here, this know also. You know, that's the thing. Look, when it says something, God's word is not a maybe, if, or might be. It's a definite. I mean, it's a definite. I mean, we can, we can be assured that it's the truth. We know it is. And when he says something, when, when it's in God's word, it's real. It's true. It says, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And listen to what it says here. For men shall be lovers of their own selves... That's the first step away from God is to think that we're better than he is. I mean, when we love ourselves more than him, we're in bad shape. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. That's right. That's why I stopped there. right that's it traitors heady high minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God I mean you know I, and here's the catch verse 5 having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof and what's he say from such turn away turn away 
I mean, again, it's not that we don't try to witness to these folks. We don't try to share God's word with them. We don't shun them, but we cannot enter into fellowship with them. Okay, we cannot, we cannot get down into what they're doing and participate. We can't do that because if we do, we're going to get sucked away. Okay, and you may sit there and say, well, I'm stronger than that. No, you're not. No, you're not. Okay, we're only as strong as what God gives us the ability to. And, it, and if we decide to lower ourselves into something like that, he'll let us do it. Okay, he'll let us. But we're going to be the ones that are going to suffer. So, you know, in these verses, the thing I wrote down, when you read these verses, there's no, you, I can't fool God. God knows exactly what I am. And I'm far from perfect, okay? But when we look at these verses, we see man as he truly is lost without a savior. I mean, that, that's, this is what we see here. I mean, this is what happens to folks when they refuse Christ, okay? But yet they're professing that they're okay. They're professing that they're all right. But So with the help of God's word and his spirit, we can see the false people, okay? We can see the fake people. And I know, I know these words are harsh, and you know, but it's true. We've got to... We got to face reality. We have to face, you know, the times that we live in, and sometimes truth is—it's hard. Okay, I mean, personally and corporately, it's hard. But we've got to—we've got to be able to identify. And verse five is the one I just kept coming back to because it says they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. I mean, that—I don't know about you—that's bothersome to me because. You know, people can profess and yet not really have it. And that's sad. That's really sad. But we as believers, we've got to rely on the power of God from God's word to see people as they really are. And this is the, this is the key word, not physically, spiritually. We've got to be able to see them as God sees them. Okay, now we're not, we're not God. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But he's given us his word and he's given us enough knowledge to learn from his word to know that if somebody is professing something or living in a way that doesn't measure up to God's word, we can see that. He'll, he'll, he gives us the ability to see that. And that's how we know, and that's what we're talking about here. So um, it's spiritually, and we need to be concerned about it. I mean, we need to be concerned about them because if they're living that way, they're lost. I mean, they're lost. So... Or to separate from them. Paul says turn away from them. Um, but again, we've got to be able to identify them before we can turn away from them. And we're not to follow the way of man. Our direction is to come from our Heavenly Father. That's where our direction is to come from, not from man. So I was, went back then, I was studying this yesterday morning, and, and uh, I ended up over in 2 John. And I'm going to read, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if y'all have read 2 John lately or not, but there's 13 verses in the book of 2 John. But I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. And I want you to listen to what John is talking about here because he's talking about those that are not real, okay? Those that are false, those that are pushing false teaching, false doctrine, false living, whatever you want to call it. And I want you to, I want you to listen to what he tells us as believers to do. And I believe... Um, I believe, you know, he starts off by saying the elder unto the elect lady and her children. 
my personal view is this is, is, is addressed to us as the church. Now, I don't know. I could be wrong. And Pastor Tom can, can chime in and correct me. But uh, there, there's different, a couple different viewpoints on that, whether it's directed to the church or whether it was directed to maybe a, a certain individual that John knew personally. So, but either way, the, 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 uh, the subject matter and the advice and the guidance is the same, okay, for us as believers. And he says, whom I love, and listen to what he says, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also they that have known the truth, for the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Look at those first three verses. What, what's the word that keeps coming up? Truth. I mean, he's emphasizing the word truth because truth is important, as I've said before, right? I mean, he mentions it in, I believe it's in verse 1. He mentions it again in verse 2. And in verse 3, here's the thing. He, he says, those, that last few words says, in truth and love. You know, God is a God of order. Okay, God's word, he, he, the way that he operates, he, everything is structure, okay? And, and that's another reason why the world today doesn't like him, okay? Because they don't want structure. But anyway, but listen, look at what he said. In truth and love, we've got to have truth first, okay, before we can have love, okay? Because the world wants to push God's love, you know, <laughs> J. Vernon McGee, I read him, I was laughing yesterday morning. Love, love, love. That's what he said in what I was reading. Love, love, love. That's what they want to push. That's great. But what John is talking about here is the love that we need to have for each other within the church. That's what he's talking about. The love among believers. Okay? But first, truth is first. Okay? We've got to have truth first. So I'm going to go on and read. It says in verse 4, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Again, he's talking about the church. Okay, He's talking about us as, as believers. Yes, we're to, we're to love each other, lift each other up, serve the Lord in love for each other. But number one, we have to know the truth first okay for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that jesus christ has come in the flesh this is a deceiver and an antichrist look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward what's he telling us there he's saying live to the utmost potential that the lord has for each of us to live so that we don't miss out on the reward that he wants to give us when we stand before him one day, because we're all going to stand before him one day. Whosoever transgresseth, this is in verse 9, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. That's pretty straightforward, is it not? That's pretty straightforward. If they don't have the truth of the word of God in, in them, they don't have the truth. They're not, they're not of God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. So you say, why do you read this? Because he's telling us right here where the source of the truth is, that the truth is what the truth is, according to the word of God, 
and that identify and know those that are pushing the false, the false doctrine, the false teaching. We have to know to, to be able to identify that. That's right. And how you're going to know that? If the only time we open our Bible is on Sunday morning when Pastor Tom begins to preach, and how you're going to know if what he's preaching is right? I mean, come on, this is not difficult, okay? And <laughs> so, I mean, again, doctrinally, doctrinal separation, it's important, okay? It's important. I mean, that, that's, that's what I started with, and that's what I'm going to end with this morning. I mean, I've got the third one, but I'm not going to start it this morning. But, I mean, it's important because, again, we've got to know what the truth is. And we're not going to know what it is if we never get in his word. I will. I don't. And they, Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. It's the first thing. I mean, it's pretty simple. When you think about all those different versions, they're not the same as the first one. You probably think that's a stupid statement, but it's the but it's the truth. It, the first one is the one we need. That, that's the only one. But I mean, well, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, and again, I'm going to stop. But just like it, it lists here, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. I mean, look. I don't mean to be negative, but let's just face it. We've all met folks that utter and say, I'll pray for you. And we know in our mind, in our spirit, that they're not right with the Lord. Okay? But how do we know that? But, but that's what I'm trying to get at. I'm not getting it out very well this morning, but what I'm getting at is we've got to be in his word to know. I mean, I'm not trying to knock folks. They have good intentions. That's not what I'm here for. What I'm saying is we've got to be grounded in his word first and foremost so that we can live for him and help those around us that maybe think they are okay that really aren't. I mean, that's, that's why he's got us here. That's why he wants us to serve him. So I'm going to be quiet.